Well, hello, friends, and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 368 of Sustainable Minimalists. If you are new here, we are so happy to have you. This is a twice, maybe three times a week show about intentional and eco-friendly minimalist living. On today's show, we are discussing how to opt out of news overconsumption. And if you're thinking to yourself, why would I ever do that? It's important to be informed. I would say absolutely it's important to be informed, but there's a big difference between being informed and over-informed. So we're going to get into all of that today. There's always something to worry about. COVID-19 may or may not be in our rearview mirror. There's an upcoming election here in the United States. Terrorism, mass shootings, police brutality, climate change. I could go on and on with the topics that keep me up at night. And according to the American Psychological Association, the APA, American adults report feeling conflicted between wanting to be informed, but also feeling as though being informed, the news, contributes to their stress levels. Perhaps you are one of those people. I am definitely one of those people. And so I am going to make a bold statement right here and now. And that bold statement is this. There are many similarities between overbuying stuff and over-informing yourself via news headlines. At the root of both overbuying stuff and overwatching the news, at the root of both, is overconsumption. Now stay with me because I am going to attempt to prove my point in our time together today. But on today's show, we are doing an awful lot. We're doing three things in particular. In part one of today's show, I am breaking down why exactly it is so darn easy to get caught up in the news cycles and what that getting caught up, what that overconsumption is doing to our mental health and our physical health. That's part one. In part two, I am proving the bold statement I just made. I'm laying out my argument as to how and why overconsumption of stuff is similar to overconsumption of the news. And here's a hint, it has to do with our brain chemistry. And then in part three, we're wrapping things up. I've got three tips for you and a final word. So let's get right into part one today, which of course is, why on earth is it so easy to get caught up in that nonstop news cycle? As I was preparing for this episode, I was thinking about, and I urge you all to think as well, about the first news story that really captured your attention. The first news calamity that really had me glued to my screen 24-7 was the Boston Marathon bombing of 2013. Now, full disclosure, I did run the marathon that year. I was completely out of harm's way. I was finished with the race and on my way home by the time the bombings occurred. However, I do feel as though there were lasting effects from that act of terror on my community, not just because it was on my community. I did live in Boston at the time and I did run that race, but also because I was glued to my television. I didn't sleep. I barely ate. For three days, there was a manhunt. The city was locked down. It was just an event, right? It was like a three-day action thriller that I was watching on my TV screen. And since then, there have been plenty more news events that I have just been 
glued to. Uh, every single election that's happened in my adult life, COVID-19, especially at the start of the pandemic when the world shut down, when Russia invaded Ukraine, I could go on and on. And so my point here is to say that when marketing professionals entice us to overbuy stuff as a means of making the company lots of money, media outlets love us when we overconsume the news because again when we consume and particularly when we overconsume media we are making the outlet money every click is money every turning on and tuning in to their nightly program is money putting on the morning news as you're preparing breakfast that's money for the outlet that's money in their pockets So it should go without saying, but many, if not most of these organizations are dependent on advertising revenue. And so they add a bit of a hook, a bit of a drama to keep us viewers watching. And here in America in particular, if you are the most watched program, if you're the host of the most watched program, you're a celebrity, aren't you? Peter Jennings of my childhood, Walter Cronkite. Matt Lauer, I could go on and on. Katie Couric, I mean, the examples are just flooding my mind right now. And whereas marketing professionals who are marketing physical items for us to buy have plenty of tricks up their sleeves to entice us to buy, we talk a lot, by the way, about those tricks on this show, but news outlets also have tricks up their sleeves. And we're going to talk about a few of them, but some of them probably aren't a surprise to you, right? Sensationalized headlines, breaking news banners at the bottom of the program, provocative statements, and the level of provocativeness is dependent on which station, which news outlet you're tuning into, of course, right? But over-reporting on crises as a means of getting us to continue coming back and continue tuning in. By the way, Have you ever wondered what topics the media as a whole covers most often? The Pew Research Center found the following top six most frequently covered topics. And a little disclaimer here is that these numbers come from 2010. This is more than a decade old, but I just simply couldn't find new numbers. So Number one, take a guess. What would you say is the most frequently covered topic in the news? Yes, of course, it is elections, it is politics, it is campaigns. 21% of the time, more than 20, slightly more than 21% of the time, we're talking politics here in the United States. National news comes in next, followed by foreign affairs. Crime is in the number four position. The economy comes in next. Disasters and accidents come in next after that. And so if elections and politics and campaigns are in the number one spot covered slightly more than 21% of the time as of 2010, have you ever wondered why? It's not simply because elections are central to our democracy. It is. Elections are absolutely central. But that's not the only reason why they are covered the lion's share of the time. They're also covered so much because politics get most of us, the vast majority of us, really fired up. And fired up consumers keep coming back for more and more. 
And so if you add up the percentage of time that these six topics are covered, it comes to 65% of a news program is covering those six topics. Ever wonder, you know, what doesn't get covered? Ever wonder? That's just a rhetorical question. I'll leave that there. But while there are certainly feel-good stories out there, the largest part, the majority of what's covered in the news is not positive. It's not uplifting. And that is indeed intentional. Media outlets know about our negativity bias. What is the negativity bias? It is our preponderance as human beings to pay more attention to the bad things happening around us as opposed to the good things. So they're playing into our psychology in a really interesting way, right? Even though there's good stuff that they could be reporting on, they know that we humans, we news consumers will pay more attention to bad news. And that's why it gets covered more. Startling and unnerving headlines do get more views and more clicks. And so that means that the news cycle does indeed tend to get saturated by stories that upset us. In preparing for this episode, I read a interesting snippet. A independent news source in Russia attempted for one day to report on only good and positive news. So 24 hours, good news only. The outlet lost two-thirds of its base in one day. So what are some other tried-and-true techniques that the media uses to hook us? Well, we talked about the sensationalized text, the provocative headline, the one-sentence hook, the breaking news, this just in, new details, brand new images, all of that. But in addition to all of that, let's talk about repetition for a minute. Have you ever put on a news program and in the background behind the news anchor, there is just images repeating themselves on a seemingly endless loop, right? It's repeated, repeated, repeated. Whenever anything in life is repeated, it's more likely to have an effect. I think back to 9-11. How many times? I was just a kid. I was in high school. I didn't even understand the gravity of what was happening. But how many times did news outlets play and replay the video of the planes hitting the Twin Towers and then falling? over and over and over again. Even as I'm saying this right now, I can picture it in my mind. It was repeated for sensational value. If you've seen it once, you've seen it a hundred times. But again, that's not going to stop them from playing it a hundred times. I also just want to mention one other little technique here too, is playing on emotion. Migrant children at the border, refugees leaving Sudan, the opportunities to play on our emotions and tug on our heartstrings are endless. And that's another technique that the media uses to entice us to stick around and keep watching, keep reading, keep consuming. Okay, so what effect does this overconsumption have on our health? That's what we're going to talk about after a quick sponsor break. I'll see you in a minute. 
And we're back. In part one of today's show, I outlined the ways in which the media seeks to hook us and why exactly it is so hard to turn away from the news. Now we're on to the part in today's show where I outline the health and wellness effects on news overconsumption. Spoiler alert, (laughs) the news does indeed affect our mental health, our physical health, and the way we think about certain topics and ideas. A therapist coined the term headline stress disorder to describe the tension and worry and fear and sadness and anxiety that arise from endless and negative news articles. No, headline stress disorder is not in the DSM-5. However, It is important, however, I like the term headline stress disorder because I do feel that it adequately describes the ways in which being constantly exposed to 24-hour news cycles that's heavily skewed towards the negative, how all of that can influence our mental health and our overall well-being. More than half of Americans say that the news causes them stress. And research supports this. The news can increase our risk of developing post-traumatic stress, anxiety, depression. And when it comes to our physical health, increased stress, of course, can also increase our chances of having a heart attack or even developing health problems years, maybe even decades later. News overconsumption can impact our lives in smaller ways Two, one way that comes to my mind immediately is it can lead us to miscalculate certain risks. So perhaps because a news story gets so much coverage here, it impacts our lives in certain ways. Maybe if you heard about Zika a couple years back and you had a trip planned Perhaps you stayed home, rightly or wrongly. Perhaps that was a smart move, but perhaps the media was overblowing Zika concerns. I'm not saying they were. I'm just giving an example. Overconsumption of news has been shown to shape our views, our views of foreign countries, our views on certain domestic issues, and everything in between. And so just as overconsuming stuff clothes, trinkets, appliances, cars, whatever it is, over-consuming stuff can negatively impact our lives in certain ways. Similarly, stress, anxiety. Overconsumption of the news can do the same. And that brings us to part two of today's conversation, where I am seeking to seal my argument. My argument, of course, being that overconsumption of stuff is similar to overconsumption of news. How are those two things related? They're both fundamentally about the dopamine loop. Now, what is dopamine? Dopamine is a neurotransmitter. Our nervous systems use it to send messages between nerve cells. And dopamine was originally thought of as the pleasure chemical, the pleasure neurotransmitter. When you do something pleasurable, you get hit with a dose of dopamine, and that dopamine hit makes you more likely to repeat the behavior. So we talk about this a lot when it comes to buying stuff, right? You go to the mall. Actually, does anybody go to the mall anymore? 
I don't go to the mall. So maybe people do. Last time I did go to the mall, there were plenty of people there. But let's let's update this example and use a 2023 example. You go to your favorite clothing website. You see this gorgeous new outfit that would look so darn great on you. You're so excited. You click on it. It's available in your size and it can be here by Friday just in time for the weekend. So you click buy, you enter your credit card information or maybe your credit card information, heck, it's already stored and you get a you know, a notification, an email or a congratulations, your order has been placed. Enter dopamine, rushes into your brain, makes you feel good. That dopamine will increase the chances that you repeat that behavior. So yes, dopamine is the pleasure neurotransmitter, but it's also the neurotransmitter that contributes to seeking behavior. What on earth does that mean? Dopamine causes you and me to seek out and to search. Dopamine increases our goal-directed behavior. Dopamine makes us curious about ideas. Dopamine fuels our desire to search for information. So how on earth does dopamine relate to our topic today, which of course is news over consumption? The media consumption cycle gets harder to break because every time we consume the news, we get a hit of dopamine. There's a major problem with dopamine, in my view. And the problem is you can never reach satiation. There's no ceiling on the amount of dopamine you can get. You can get more and more and more and more and never feel satisfied. So think about that in terms of buying, right? You can buy and buy and buy as many new outfits as you want, and you'll never, neurochemically at least, feel as though you've purchased enough. Same with news consumption. You can watch, stay up all night watching the news, but because of dopamine's characteristics, you will never feel as though you've gotten enough. Now, one simple way here, and I have some ideas in a minute, but one really simple way to prevent the dopamine loop from even starting. So once you're in it, it's really hard to break it. So let's be smart and stop it from even starting. One really smart, simple way to do that is to turn off those unnecessary bings, dings, emails, alerts, notifications, all the things, right? Turn off those breaking news emails. In my opinion, by the way, this is a little bit of a side, but I should not be getting breaking news emails for non-breaking news things. I just got an email before logging on to record this episode. Breaking news from the New York Times. George Santos did something. I think he turned himself in. That is not breaking news. Come on, New York Times, right? In my opinion, breaking news emails and alerts should be reserved for really darn important, must-know, must-click-now, eminent threat news headlines. But these days, right, everything's breaking news. Breaking news about Trump's legal woes. That is not breaking news, okay? So turn off all the notifications and emails because the notifications, the dings, the push alerts, they are all techniques to get you to enter the loop. And again, once you're in the dopamine loop, it's so hard to get out of it. A second way in which overconsumption of stuff is similar to overconsumption of news headlines is that lots of times, 
both occur outside of conscious awareness. We don't understand why we're doing what we're doing. We don't understand why we're buying so much. We don't understand why we're watching so much news coverage. I always suggest with anything, we look inside, of course. But in this case, I especially believe it pays to look inward. Why do you feel the need to be hypervigilant when it comes to staying up to date on the news? For many of us, it comes from a place of needing to be in control. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, no, that's not wise, Stephanie. But ask yourself the drill down method. Ask yourself why. Why do you need to know everything that's going on in the news? Why? Again, for many people, it does come down to needing some sense of control. We want to know the dangers that are lurking so that we can adequately prepare for them. So let's apply the need for control with the dopamine loop. We start watching the news. We want to know everything. The more you know, the better, right? Enter dopamine hit because dopamine increases your seeking behavior. So you watch more and more, read more and more. You feel like you know a lot. You feel like you have some sense of control. But then, oh, wait a minute. The world's a scary place. You feel overwhelmed. What do you do? You look for more security by watching more news, by reading more headlines. And then, lo and behold, our brains work against us with that next hit of dopamine. Know that if that sounds like you, you want to watch the news because not only do you want to be informed, you want to be in control. Know that if you are highly sensitive or anxious, hypervigilance may indeed make you feel safer at first, but in the long term, such overconsumption of the news will likely end up creating additional anxiety onto what you already feel. For me, I believe it's incredibly important to be informed. And by the way, I'm not suggesting to anybody that you stop (laughs) informing yourself about current events. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying there is a line in the sand for each and every one of us in which on one side, we're gaining critical information and staying informed. And then on the other, we're just gaining entertainment. And so for me, I drilled down. I tried to figure out why. Why on earth do I feel the need to listen to NPR every morning and read my New York Times morning digest and do all the things with regard to the news? I was actually surprised with what I found when I when I really sat with this question. I thought it was just because I valued, you know, being an informed citizen. But I think it's deeper than that. And I think it really actually for me comes down to an insecurity. I absolutely hate it when somebody in my life says, oh, did you hear about, and then insert some news headline. I hate it when I don't know what they're talking about. I hate coming into a conversation and not having sufficient knowledge to make a smart and coherent point. And so then again, asked myself, why? Why does that bother me? I think deep down, I probably have deep-seated fears about my own level of intellect. And so I'm trying to cover up that insecurity by knowing all the things, knowing all the current events, so that the next time I am in a conversation, 
I'm not caught with my pants down, so to speak, right? So let me say that a better way. Keeping up to date with the news is a way in which I reduce the chances that I sound like an idiot the next time I'm in a conversation about current events because sounding like an idiot is an insecurity of mine. And so I say all that to say, that was a big tangent, but I say all that to say it pays to look inward. Why do we feel the need to overconsume the news? Why? I do believe, as with most things in life, when we can get our heads around the why, the how becomes so much easier. So we're on to part three of today's show, which is three tips and a final word. <laughs> Tip number one, beware of what's shared on social media. We all have that relative or that acquaintance from high school or that crazy aunt or whoever it is who shares inflammatory news headlines, perhaps from a questionable news source on social media. We all have those people. If there is one universal truth, it is that we all have this person on our friends list. (laughs) Well, some interesting facts. In 2020, the Pew Research Center found that one in five Americans get their political news solely from social media. There's a lot there that I could say, but I would just say there's also a lot of misinformation on social media, and I'll leave it there. Only 28% of people who share a news article actually read the whole article before sharing it. I'm going to say that again because that's crazy to me. (laughs) Only 28% of people, so one in four people, read an article in its entirety before sharing it. Wow. And then finally, when it comes to news that's shared on social media, research finds that oftentimes people share news stories on social media as a means of showing their friends and followers that they're knowledgeable about a topic. And research finds that sharing an article with or without reading it increases the sharer's self-perception that they're knowledgeable. So when Crazy Aunt Millie shares a news article to her Facebook feed, is that what it's called, a feed? It's more about her trying to make herself feel knowledgeable about whatever the topic is and less about imparting on you important must-need-to-know information. So remember that next time Crazy Aunt Millie shares something. She's not doing it to educate you. She's doing it to make herself feel better about herself. Remember that social media allows people to spread baseless claims and misinformation freely. Beware of the news that you see on social media, but Don't be afraid to unfollow Aunt Millie or any untrustworthy news site that keeps getting on your feed. If the person or the content is contributing to anxiety, stress, and sadness for you, life's way too short. Just unfollow that. And if Aunt Millie gets mad, you two can have a conversation about it. Tip number two is to consider a daily news roundup. It is a one and done solution. So you check it once and then you're done for the day. There's a bunch of them out there. 1440 is one. The Skim is another. There are podcasts that are just the news in 10 minutes or less. So you get the news, you're informed, and then you move on with your day. Because remember, there's a big difference between being informed and over-informed. I am 
indeed a subscriber to the New York Times, and I absolutely love their morning email. It's literally called The Morning. (laughs) It goes into detail about one important story, and then it offers short one-sentence blurbs with hyperlinks if I want to learn more. There's also a recipe involved that I love because I'm always looking for dinner inspiration. There's a bit of climate news. And so this daily news roundup works real well for me. I must say that the days of me listening to NPR for three hours in the morning, those days are gone because, again, the overconsumption of the headlines was indeed negatively impacting my well-being. So I'm a one-and-done email type of girl these days. And then finally, tip three for you is to seek out good news. Remember that news outlets and agencies, they don't cover the good news as much because it doesn't get as much interest from you and me. So remember that the good news is always present, even if it's buried under the infinitesimal amounts of reports about violence and hate and greed and whatever else. So make it your mission to seek out and find at least one happy and uplifting story every single day. Good is indeed out there. And so my final words for you today is that we sustainable minimalists are conscious and informed citizens, are we not? And as conscious humans, we simply must put limits on ourselves. We limit our sugar intake because we know that too much sugar isn't good for us. We limit our alcohol and nicotine intake for the same reason. Our fast food intake. We put all of these limits on ourselves because we know that it's for our better and our higher good. We need to do the same with our media consumption. We also need to do the same with our tech use, and that's a really good hint for next Tuesday's episode, by the way, but the news in particular may be influencing us more than we think. And so again, as conscious consumers, let's intentionally put limits on ourselves for our long-term higher good. Okay, so phew, I will be back tomorrow for our headline show. We just talked about limiting your news consumption. I hear that irony, but tomorrow headlines, news headlines, four environmental news headlines that you need to know in under 15 minutes. So hope you'll join me. But if it causes you stress, then I do indeed suggest you skip it. On Tuesday's episode, I just alluded to limiting our tech use. I'm so unbelievably excited about our Tuesday episode because I am interviewing a doctor of education with a new book who argues that big tech is creating little consumers out of our children starting from infancy. Be sure to stick around for that on Tuesday. The way to reach me is in the show notes. I so hope I gave you some stuff to think about today. As always, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you tomorrow.